everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is uh, Rick Salcedo, and I'm with Pastor Mike Holmes, and we are continuing on with our uh, study that we were talking about, the Holy Spirit within and upon. And the last two podcasts, we talked about the Holy Spirit within you, and now we want to go into talking about the Holy Spirit upon you, and that occurs during the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to start off in uh, the Gospel of Luke verse or chapter 24 verse 49 and it reads behold i send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high as we learned uh, previously jesus had already breathed the holy spirit into the disciples and at that point they became the the temple of god the children of god so they were saved at that point but jesus in addition to that said tarry in jerusalem um, until you receive the promise upon you. And when the promise comes upon you, then you're going to be endued with power from on high. See, so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us during the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit equips us with power um, and, and abilities and sometimes miraculous manifestations for the building of God's kingdom and, and gives us a greater ability to do service and ministry. That's exactly right. You know, I was thinking about uh, uh, when we were in John there, you know, when Jesus spoke, it was almost like a, well, he was. He was, he was kind of given a, a snapshot of things that were to come, you know. And, of course, Jesus n- knew all. I mean, you know, he could even tell what people were thinking. So he knew what was going to be happening here after the day of Pentecost. And when he's, he's given all these, you know, this was instruction really to us to, that we could have a, a victorious life. I mean, not just one life that we get through. There's there's a reason why there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And it's just not just for something for us to to, to just receive and have and, and it sit idly by. I mean, it really it, there's a purpose for it, and and it's not just for us. I mean, it, it's it's really for the kingdom of God is what it's really for, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, and uh, what a great promise it is. Yep. And then we see here in Acts um, where, where this actually occurs on the day of Pentecost. Um, well, actually, um, Acts 1, verse 4 and through 8 actually reiterates uh, what we said in Luke. And it reads, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we see here they're going to receive power, greater abilities when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And and, uh, with those abilities, they're going to be able to witness better for Jesus locally, regionally, and internationally. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, I mean, that's the the whole premise behind it, right, is to spread the gospel you know, to all, all to everyone, so that uh, they have the opportunity, can hear the the good news of Jesus, and really the love of of Jesus, man, and how, and how much uh, it, he really loved you. All right, so re- I'm gonna dissect this down just a little bit. Um, you know, there's so much here to to really kind of to to get at. One of the first things that jumped out at me 
uh, about this, though, is when Jesus tells them, says to be assembled together with them, or being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. This is, I can't tell you how often I like to put my carriage before my horse. I am mm-hmm. one of those guys, too. Just like the disciples were during you know that time period, they thought that this was going to be it. I mean, that all this oppression and stuff was over. Jesus was here. Things are going to change and change to their benefit. And, of course, it did, but not in the way that they thought it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in my own life, and I'm sure yours as well, Rick, you could attest to that, sometimes we just want to, we want to step before we're really ready to step. And the first instruction that Jesus says is to wait. And that can be the hardest thing to do. I mean, just standing by, almost kind of feeling like you're not doing anything. But um, really what you're waiting on is for something that's greater than you. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that kind of jumped right out at me, uh, the wait wait there for the promise. And, and it was because it was for a reason. I think that if they'd have gone out there on their own, of course, they were already in hiding at this particular point mm-hmm. from the Jews. So, yeah. they, you know, they, they weren't like the strongest group of men that they could be at that point. Though. Yeah, and they may, they may have under pressure, they may have wilted. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly, gone out there to speak the gospel, and then the moment that some adversity would have came, they could have crumbled, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, I had a pastor tell me one time, and um, it was early, early on, and uh, I was talking to him about wanting to get out and get stuff done and go out and be in the community, whatever it was. And he, he told me, he said, you really need to wait. You need to wait for the Holy Spirit because there's going to be some devils that you're going to come up against that you're just not going to be equipped to handle. And that was really the truth. The power of the Holy Spirit handles those things, not mm-hmm. me. Not, you know, If it was me against him, I, you know, I, I, it wouldn't be like it is. You know. Yeah, it's not by power or might, but by his Spirit. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Anyway, so that was one thing I noted out of that. Um, the next one here, too, was that... Uh, and not many days from now, or John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, they had come together. They asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, sometimes, uh, and I'm thinking back in Scripture as well, uh, we ask a do not receive because we ask a miss. You know, um, the focal point to them was not really on what Jesus was having them ready to do their focal point again was going back to the restoring israel mm-hmm. you know and, and he's talking about something much much greater than you know that present day israel reign but uh, yeah and a lot of times we don't understand god's timing and it might seem like a perfect time for god to move in a certain way from in our perception you know lord now it's the perfect time for this to to bloom and flourish, and, and but you're not doing anything, right? I don't understand God. What what are you doing? Yeah, you know, and and I I personally have gone through that recently. Yeah, you know, with some uh, endeavors that I've been uh, partaking in. Yeah, and I'm confident that they're going to succeed eventually, but right. apparently it's not God's timing right now. <laughs> right. And, and my cry to him is, why, Lord? <laughs> yes. I, you know, the, the why, Lord, and I don't understand. Right. You know, those are two things that have probably come out of my mouth, I mean, more often than I'd like to really admit, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But. Same here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the good the good news is, is that uh, it, it's not over, right? I mean, that's, you know, 
that's the that's the promise of uh, is that as a matter of fact there was a verse I was reading on that and I think it was in Hebrews that said um, you know those with faith and patience receive the promises and I believe that was in Hebrews six I'm gonna look that up in a few minutes but you know there's two coupled together is the believing and the waiting the patience piece with that is what you know brings in those promises of God's timing just like you had mentioned but anyway. But I love, then he goes to explain it here, and, and, you know, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. That's pretty blunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's our part to, to uh, tarry, to wait, you know, with faith and patience. That's right. That's what we're charged to do. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's exactly right. And, of course, we know, you know, God loves us, and, and, and he loved us so much that he gave his only son. So if he loved us that much, I assure you, he's not withholding anything out of hatred or, or sitting back laughing and playing some kind of little Muppet game with you or something like that. I mean, he, he's really doing it because it's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're seeking him first, he's got your best interest at heart as well. So mm-hmm. that's important to remember when you're going through that. And then, lastly, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, and then it goes on to tell you what that power is going to enable you to do. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Uh, so many times the Holy Spirit has been described as different things, the spirit of truth and so on and so forth with this. But, you know, for the statement for Jesus to say that you will receive power, now that's a tangible thing. That's not some kind of just uh, um, state of mind, if you were. I mean, we're talking about something that is is an action, a power. It, you know, to, it, it just is powerful, obviously, in the word. But um, Rick, do you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it waited a lot to me when I thought about that. Is that I'm going to give you something that is going to empower you, not just in one way, but in multiple different ways, to be able to take this out into all the world. I mean, that's big to me. I, I remember that, um, you know, and Mark had talked about that, that signs and wonders will follow the believers with that. That's what all all this power and stuff that we get from the Holy Spirit. It builds the kingdom of God while it edifies us as well and, mm-hmm. and helps us uh, be victorious in this mm-hmm. life. Yeah, and I also want to emphasize the, the distinction here um, between the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Because the the Greek root word for baptism means to plunge or immerse. So we get immersed in the Holy Spirit. We get engulfed by the Holy Spirit when he comes upon us. And and in that baptism, we are endued with power and gifts and abilities. And sometimes they're, they're permanent. And sometimes, you know, like Peter's boldness that day. I'm sure it didn't last forever. Right. I'm sure he got, you know, beat down and, and weary and, and, and needed a refreshing. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, yeah, I pray for that prayer quite often as that prayer of boldness to, to to be refreshed in us. But you're exactly right. Um, yeah, and, you know, it says that uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were also as he wills. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a time and a place for certain gifts to, to be given and to be uh, received and manifested with that, too. So just mm-hmm. because you have something that... Uh, uh, is today doesn't mean that tomorrow it won't be something different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, excellent point, excellent point. And we need to remember that, too, because uh, I think a majority of Christians, and I don't mean this bad by any means, I, I love all of our brothers and sisters of Christ, uh, but I think majority of Christians are at this split right here. I mean, this is where it comes. They say, okay, we've got the, we've got the Holy Spirit because we've been saved. I have the power to overcome, but they live such a defeated life every day. And so I... I Without really accepting the rest of the Holy Spirit's um, gifts that he has, really the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, without accepting the second part, mm-hmm. that 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 uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon you like that, he's the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he's not going to force himself upon anybody. So until you really open yourself up to receive this, mm-hmm. this is nothing but mere words on paper. Yeah, I mean, I could say, here, Mike, I have this uh, gift card for you, and I'm holding it out, but you're not reaching out to grab it. That's right. You know, I've got it for you. It's yours. All you have to do is receive it. But if you don't receive it, you know, I'm not going to grab your wallet and stuff it in there and stuff your wallet back in your pocket. That's exactly right. That would be rude, (laughs) and I'm not going to do that. That's exactly right. If he would have forced himself upon us like that, let's just say that it was outside of our control with that, uh, and we weren't receptive or willing for that, I mean that's not a loving encounter. That's just that's against God's total nature. Mm-hmm. Um, is to be that way. That's why we have that free will that He, you know, that He gave us. So anyway, you're exactly right. But, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians are stuck in that place, and and that's why I think this message is so important. Is because if they could really get a hold of this, and and, and, and you know, ask and seek, and we'll talk about this a little bit more too, but. You know how this comes about, man. Their life would just be completely different, completely different. But all right, moving forward here, going into Acts two. I'm going to start at verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and sat on a, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, four verses, and you could preach for four hours just on these four verses. There's so mm-hmm. much in these, you know. Um, one accord. Brother, that's important. One accord. They were all together. You know, not in disagreement. They were praying together. They were worshiping together, fellowshipping together in one accord. It's amazing what a group can do when they all are together um, in agreement with the each other. power of the prayer of agreement. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. That's exactly right. So that's the first thing that I noticed there. But uh, anyway, break this down a little bit for us if you, if you care to. Well, uh, first of all, um, there was on the day of Pentecost, which was was a celebration. And um, another term for the day of Pentecost was um, the uh, day of first fruits. So when the the trees were first starting to bud, they would celebrate that the first fruits were coming. And as we see here, we're going to see here in a little bit, um, the the body of Christ celebrated first fruits with these uh, new converts that we're going to read about here in a, in a little bit. So um, that's what. Uh, so I think it's interesting that it, that occurred on the day of Pentecost because it, it could have occurred. Any other day. Right. But it occurred right on that day, which was a traditional celebration for the Jewish people. Yeah. 
And it's not like they knew it was coming either, because Jesus had said in a few days. He didn't specify, you know, hey, on this date, this is when this is going to happen, or so on and so forth. So you mm-hmm. got to remember, they're sitting there waiting <laughs> in one accord. And, and in that prayer, when all this happened, I mean, I'm, I know it was the answer to, you know, their prayer, obviously, I'm sure, and, and of course, the promise of what Jesus had said to them. But, yeah, this wasn't like, hey... This day and this hour and this minute, this is what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, and it also says here, it says um, the Holy Spirit appeared to them in tongues of fire. He manifested that way, and he sat upon each one of them. Well, they were already saved. Holy Spirit was already living within them, mm-hmm. but there was another distinct, separate experience with the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's right. And and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. So in this instance, the special abilities, the miraculous manifestations, were uh, these believers speaking a foreign language that they had never learned before. Yeah. And they may not have even known what they were saying. Yeah. But people from foreign lands of that language knew exactly what they were saying, and they were glorifying God. That's right. Right. Yeah, because it was a, a wide, diverse uh, group of people that were, were in Jerusalem at that time. I mean, it mm-hmm. was not just the, the locals. I mean, it was a, a whole bunch of come, people yeah. that come in from all different areas, mm-hmm. right? They spoke different dialects, different different languages all together. Yeah, and that probably answers my question of, you know, why was it on the day of Pentecost? Right. Because that day, had that celebration had brought people right. from all over the region to celebrate that feast in Jerusalem that day. Yeah. So that makes sense. That does. And, you know, if I had said it before, I'll state it now. You know, the Holy Spirit, everything that he does is done to glorify God. I mean, everything that the Holy Spirit allows and happens and does through us, for us, and around us is all done with the premise that it brings God glory. And what a great way to do that, right, is that these people are then baptized. And it's funny, we're going to read down into a little bit more of what happened on that day, but... um, you know, they all thought that uh, people were talking drunk. They thought they were mm-hmm. drunk, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning, right, or whatever time yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because it, when you read on, it says the people first reacted with confusion. When they saw what was going on, they were confused. But then they responded in one of two ways. They were amazed and marveled at them. And then the other response was they mocked them. That's right. And we still experience that reaction today. We do. And, and you know, I, I don't think that will ever go away, um, unfortunately. But you're right. There are people who look at it, and they're not going to – of course, they're, they're, they're looking with uh, blind eyes, really, is what it is. And, and uh, they mock something that, um, well, converted, you know, what, 3,000 people, you know, with uh, a sermon Peter was given. I mean, I, but, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I remember um, as a young – um, Christian, I, I was raised in the Catholic Church, but I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And um, you know, there was a small group of they were they were labeled Charismatic Catholics that acknowledged the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, some of these youth, you know, they had they spoke in tongues, and I found you know it was. It was strange at first. It was, you know, it was unique. It was different. Maybe, you know, in my young eyes, it was a little bizarre. Right. Um, But I reasoned to myself, well, if it's of God, it's got to be good. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. 
right. And and I kind of, you know, looked at it in amazement, um, marveled at it, and I was hungry for God. So if that was available from God, I wanted it. Mm-hmm. But there were others in the youth group that were just totally scared of it. Sure. And, and they, they mocked it, and they didn't want anything to do with it. You know, I, I've said that uh, before. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that God promises believers that ought to be scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing in the mm-hmm. Bible that God says, hey, I, I've given this for you, that you should be frightful of it. I mean, that's just not, you just shouldn't have that outlook. But I will tell you that in the world, um, it is. Now, it, you talked about childhood. That's, I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist church. And, uh, of course, we I never learned anything about this. Uh, but we knew that they believe, or at least I believe, too, that the it was three parts, you know, there was God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And uh, when you got saved, you had the Holy Spirit leaving inside of you, and that was your helper. But that was your helper to help you make better decisions, really, as, you know, about as the extent as that went, you know. And um, I can remember uh, watching television and so on, some shows where I'd seen people laying on of hands and these kind of things, and, and I mocked it. I'm, I mean, I was part of the mocking group, going, this is, you guys are just crazy. This is nuts. I'm, you know. And then I sort of well, think, I wonder how much they got paid, you know, yeah. to hit the floor. And your, what, your first few times here attending this church? That's right, yeah. <laughs> you pretty, you still had that same attitude. That's exactly right. When I, when I started parting these doors to come in here, I was a huge skeptic of it. Matter of fact, uh, all the way through, um, right up until the moment of complete surrender, and I say complete surrender, where you ask the Holy Spirit, because you have to ask. I mean, it's a, it's a request. Um, at least it was for me, for that Holy Spirit of empowerment, as I wanted it. Um, I got to where you got uh, where you stated that I, if God had it, I wanted it, you know. But yeah, even when I came through here, I kept thinking these people are out of their minds, <laughs> um, you know, hitting the floor and, and speaking in tongues and you know, so on and so forth. And uh, and I mocked it quite a bit until uh, until I opened up receptive to the Holy Spirit. And uh, after all, it takes is one time, Rick, mm-hmm. because after that you stop questioning. Because it's much, much bigger and much, much greater than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm thankful for this little country church that helped uh, introduce that into my life. That's for sure. Yeah. And so we saw here that um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in foreign language, which caught the attention of, of the crowd. Mm-hmm. It caught the attention of everybody there. And um, also, uh, Peter, I don't know if all – well, I think all of them were, were endued with boldness because yeah. they were all speaking out. Mm-hmm. Well, be, Peter, you know, prior to this, they're, they're hiding in fear of the Jews. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, they were endued with bo- supernatural boldness that they didn't have the day before. Mm-hmm. And so Peter um, steps out once they got everybody's attention, and he starts preaching. You know, we can see here in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, it says, And then Peter said, well, he, he, he preached to them, and then this was the conclusion. He said, And then Peter said to them, Repent and let eat, uh, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. So, as I mentioned before, you know, 3,000 people got saved mm-hmm. a, as a result of, of this display. That's right. You know, this, this display that people mocked. Yeah. And um, 
so this the the three thousand people that got saved who had come from abroad, um, that was the first fruits of yeah. of the Great Commission. Yeah. And, yeah, and it occurred on the day of Pentecost, which is also known as the day of first fruits. Well, that was a good harvest, wasn't it? Yeah, Three thousand people in one sermon. Yeah. I want to point out too that you know you, you mentioned something about boldness for all of them. You're exactly right. And I've I've, I've 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 wondered sometimes, what if it had been another disciple? What if the if someone else would have uh, would have given this sermon? Um, and, and I think back to in, in John, you know. Jesus, when he was talking about, the, you know, the coming of the Holy Spirit, he knew this was going to happen. He, he knew this was happening. And I find it funny, well, not funny, but I find it ironic, I guess, that Peter is the one, and, and even more glory is given to God through Peter in this, because this is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. Now, we're talking about he didn't have boldness to speak to one woman and tell him, yes, I'm affiliated with this man. Mm -hmm. So he went from that, right? And, and matter of fact, it says that Jesus turned and looked at him. Now, that's how close he was when he was denying Jesus, was that he must have been within earshot, right? The Lord turned around and looking at him. Mm -hmm. And this is the same one who he says, Jesus tells him, you know, I'm going to build my church upon you. And then all of a sudden, here comes Peter. So when he gets that 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 baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gets that power that all of a sudden he's stepping out in boldness. Now he's also I want you to remember Peter is a fisherman. He is not a doctor. Mm -hmm. He's not some kind of you know scribe. That I mean he he is he is a fisherman, which is a very common um, you know occupation at that time. It would be like uh, well like. Like me, I drive a forklift. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a forklift driver, this is Peter, who, who now all of a sudden, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit with this, is being able to preach such boldness that he could have never imagined before. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesus, when he laid all this out, there's a reason why Peter did it, and it was to glorify God even more. And that's what Jesus told him. And that's where we see these accounts uh, of his sermon. It's, mm -hmm. really, it's really inspiring be honest with you when i think about it that uh you know and i know god can use a donkey he can use anybody else but you know i relate to peter in a lot of ways and and some of that is, is that um sometimes my, my spirit is is willing and my flesh is weak i mean there are times when i want to go and i want to do it but man i, I kind of get tuckered out or so on and so forth and i then you know the devil can use that he'll come back he'll start whispering in your ear see this is just not you know it's not for you or you're not good enough for this or you can't be equipped for this or this is outside of your scope or practice you know and then mm -hmm. we read stuff like this it puts it back in check that mm -hmm. you know what it is outside of my scope of practice but it's not outside of the holy spirit's scope of practice mm -hmm. so as long as we can accept that let that lead us in everything that we do there is no stopping mm -hmm. you know yeah and and you talked about getting weary and, and doubtful and stuff um that's where, you know, I used to think the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it occurred when I was uh, I was around nineteen, twenty years old, yeah. eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Some, some, no, I think I was I was seventeen or eighteen. Wow, I think I was still in high school. Um, and uh, you know, I was given the ability to pray in tongues. So you know, in my personal prayer time, I pray in tongues, mm -hmm. and it's you know, it edifies my spirit, and it's Absolutely. a wonderful gift, and wow. and I can even, you know, in my mind, pray in tongues. 
you know, I've met some people that say, well, they can only do it verbally, you know, so different ways that this power is endued on people. Right. Okay. I'll agree with that. Sure. Um, and that's just a personal prayer. You know, praying in tongues is a personal prayer gift. Yeah. Okay. I've never been used by the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues and have it interpreted. Right. Okay. I've, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I thought it was just a one-time thing. Boom. Here are your gifts. Okay. <laughs> Go forth and do glorious things. Right. You know? And And hearing people preach about the refilling of the Holy Spirit and all that just it confused me i'm like what do you mean the refilling yeah you know because i figured you know well a lot of people believe well when i got saved the holy spirit came to live in with me that's it you know well i took it a step farther well you can get baptized in the holy spirit too you know with the evidence of, of speaking in tongues and i thought that you always had to have that evidence to be you know experience the baptism of the holy spirit and i've come to find out that's not true either right you know uh, that's just one of the gifts the yeah. holy spirit can be, you know bestow upon you that's right um, but it's it's uh, it's something you can seek every day. Yeah. And like you said, you ask and receive. You know, Jesus told you, know, which one of you being evil, you know, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, right. how much more so the Father will give the Holy Spirit if you ask. That's right, Luke 11, yeah. Absolutely. So we just have to desire, we have to ask, and we, and we can receive it every day. We could be refreshed. We can be re-immersed yes. in the Holy Spirit every day if we're that hungry to be used by God right. to build his kingdom. Well, and you know, it's, it's also a, a point of dependency that you need to realize with that as well, right? Um, I was talking to, uh, I think I was teaching a Sunday school uh, class, and one of the things that I used in there for an illustration was, is, you know, we will step out of our comfort zone quite often, and when that happens, we'll ask the Holy Spirit, right? Hey, Holy Spirit, please equip me for this, right? If you've asked me to do this, which we know, we know that you'll answer that, right? Because it's in God's will. And so we'll, we'll say, hey, Lord, give me the power for this. We'll do this. And the Holy Spirit will take the front row. They'll take the lead, and we'll follow that. Well, we do that the first time. Maybe it is teaching a Sunday school class, right? Then we're asked to teach it the second time. So the second time, we're right back in the same position. Lord, Holy Spirit, guide me. Guide me. This is your vessel. Well, we do that, and then after about the 50th, 60th, 70th time, we don't actually say this, but, you know, it was kind of, all right, I got, I got this one. You, you could you could sit this one out. I, I, I've got this. And whenever we do that, we fall flat on our face. Mm -hmm. Now, and that's why I say it's important every day I start out, you know, at some point. Now, I'm not, I can't say it's the very first thing I do when I wake up, but I will tell you it's in my morning routine. Uh, there is a point that I, I, I say, God. Today is your day. Let me be used however you want me to be used. And Holy Spirit, give me the power to fulfill whatever that, that, that course of action or that duty or that call, whatever it may be for that day. Uh, let me have that power to succeed in that, to be able to build God's kingdom with. And, and it has never let me down when you say that prayer. But mm -hmm. it is a daily thing. You know, we... And of course, the it's a different topic, but you know the renewing of your mind is a daily thing as well. Like, you know the renewing of the spirit with this to empower. Uh, you know to ask for it daily, I think is is completely biblical. I, I believe it's uh, I believe it's what uh, keeps God in front, at least for me. 
I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But mm-hmm. for me, I do that because I want to make sure that God stays one step ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I want to be following the lead of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be trying to drag it behind me. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing daily is you're submitting to God. That's right. And and you're being you're willing to be used however God wants to use you. That's right. In the in the um you know in in Psalms I believe it's Psalms it says submit to the Lord in all your ways, yeah. and He will make straight your path. That's right. And the word submit means to surrender to the will of another. Yeah. And that's what you you do. You surrender every morning. That's right. You know, I surrender God. That's right. You know, what are my marching? What are what are my marching orders for today? Yeah. yeah. See, so many times we we take all these things and we, we 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 chop them up because we're teaching on them, right? But but really, truly, you know, the Bible is it's it's all one cookbook, one big ingredient list. The Bible was given to us for a reason, and all of it is related. So. Between the salvation and the Holy Spirit and the submission and the renewing of your minds and all the all the instruction that we get in the Bible, all of it is connected and linked in together. None of it stands on its own isolated is what I'm getting at. So if you try to take one piece out of it, and, and this happens quite often too, we try to take one piece out of the Bible and then we don't want to apply it to all the other pieces that come with it, then we miss out. I mean, that's the reason why it was given to us all, all, all together in, in a book for us to be able to read like this. And the Holy Spirit, you know, through that submission every day, through the seeking of God's will through that, and allowing the Holy Spirit, asking him to come in, being receptive to that, is what empowers you to enact all this stuff out in your daily life, you know, through the Bible. I know I went on a tangent, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, folks, that's all the time we've got for today. Appreciate you tuning in to the Red River Rising. Join us next time as part four concludes our series of the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, and on behalf of myself and uh, also uh, Brother Rick, we hope that you have a wonderful week, a wonderful month. And uh, until next time, God bless.